Thank you so much for joining us today on Take 10. Every week we take up a topic that spins out of mental health and mental health issues. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Dr. Jamie Heisman joins us on our Take 10 hotline from deep in the state of Florida, nationally known psychotherapist and an expert on caregiving as well. Carol, you've got today's topic. I do, and and I got it from where a lot of topics come from, watching the news. Uh, and I've been thinking, you know, I can I can tell that uh, Dr. Jamie is wincing as I say that. Um, but I've been thinking about all the extreme behavior that we've been seeing lately, all, all around. A lot, I mean, on the airlines, extreme behavior, uh, people in stores. Um, it just seems like people who are mad are even madder, and it's it, we're we're not getting along. I don't know. Everybody, it seems like everything that happens, people take it to the nth degree. So what is going on that we're seeing all this extreme behavior, Jamie? I love it. It's like a softball for me. If you're years when I was trained in psychoanalytic work by Freud, Jung, Rogers, theorists, it was one thing. It was great. But in the last 25 years, the brain has come into focus as it's such a determinant of all that we are and all that we do. Why? The temporal lobe, which is, you know, what we, we come out in childhood, really tells the world if we're into fight, flight, or fear responses. Do we see the world as being fair, consistent, loving? Do we see it as paranoid, distrustful? So what solves for that is regulation, being around healthy people. Okay, that's the psychological theory. It's called polyvagal. It's called co-regulation. What you just described was COVID being what in this pandemic, the total dysregulator of society. Literally, there could be no real safe co-regulation, right? We were all stuck in our homes, social distancing. We confused it for emotional isolation. So we became very dysregulated as a society, dysregulated as individuals. So now we're coming up, you call it pent up emotions. And I agree with you hundred percent. We really never developed that co-regulated tools over the past year and a half. How about our children who didn't go to school? And so what happens now is you're seeing huge aggression, huge things like the horses out of the barn, you know, people coming out now, even mass shootings. And, and it really shows how dysregulated really mind body our society is because of this pandemic and the way we interpreted this pandemic. So is that is that something that's a temporary condition? Is it a pendulum that swings back once we've misbehaved or or do we continue flailing like this uh, for quite a while now? I don't want to be the bearer of bed tidings as a psychologist. So um, I almost hate to say this, but look, if we've let the cat out of the bag, um, people tend to co-reg to regulate themselves. What's regulation? It's like breath work or meditation or going out and fishing or walking things that calm your, your vagus nerve, your mind body down. People can do that. It's called temporal lobe work. It's also found in psychology and DBT dialectical behavioral therapy, but without intervention, Carol, you're asking a very good question because when people are out of control, they also regulate through what we call pathological means. Okay. So if they don't get in front of it, so let's say they don't do breath work, they don't start meditating, they don't start taking care of themselves, you know, mind, body, and spirit, um, then, yeah, this could actually continue. This is not something that kind of the pendulum goes back without some intervention of ourselves to look at ourselves, to calm ourselves, and to deal with our fight, flight, or fear response on our own. So, Dr. Jamie, some of these people, and you see the video on on television news all the time, who just go bonkers on an airplane. If you lined them all up against the wall and say, 
which one's going to go crazy on an airplane? They look like just normal, everyday people. That's is so that, true. Is yeah. that behavior in them and it suddenly comes out? Have they been keeping it down as they self-regulate? Or is there something else happening? Well, you know me. I don't want to get too political on this show. This has always been a part of our society. The fight, flight, or fear response literally is part of the beginning of time. I think the human species has evolved to be who we are because we were able to co-regulate connect kids really had the opportunity of having communities raise them it's all good that's all good stuff however now today we've got that fight flight or fear. our autonomic nervous systems are still the same right so calming them down should still be the same but now unfortunately we became so polarized so politicized so dogma dogma sort of split as a society that the triggers of what's coming down in this political divisive world is now run triggering even further. So now not only do they go through this pathological fight, flight, or fear response, they feel they're righteously okay to do it because they have been sanctioned to be able to do that through the politics of our country. How's that? It's pretty scary is how that is. Yeah. Well, but let's, so if we bring this back down to like the caregiving world, what I heard is, you know, this, this fright, flight, I can't even say it. You did so well. Flight, fright, there's just three things. Actually, I'll give it four. Fight, flight, freeze is the actual things we know. But in last 10 years, we've added fawn, which is the codependent response. We start okay. becoming like the person in front of us. So it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. How's that? Hold that thought while I welcome those who may have just joined us. Let you know you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And with us on the Take 10 hotline, Dr. Jamie Heisman. So it you, just- Carol. So to, to stay with that thought, you know, and, and bringing this down to a caregiver world, when I was listening to you, I was thinking about how, you know, all of all of the caregiver stresses that can lead to caregiver burnout, where you see extreme behavior from family members as they're trying to take care of a loved one. We've we've seen people have meltdowns right um, in our own world. And I heard you say that there has to be an intervention, right? So it, does that mean that those of us who are working with caregivers and working with families need to talk about tools um, where they, people can get back that control of their emotions or f- that feeling of control? I mean, is that what we're talking about? We are, Carol, and it's not as difficult as one thinks. So it's not like they have to check in to an inpatient facility. I'm not even telling them to go in to see a psychiatrist, psychologist, or therapist, even though I always think that's a, a great opportunity, especially if you have somebody who's trauma-informed. What we're saying to them simply is that the remedy for this is what we call temporal lobe work, which is kind of like meditation, like yoga, like breath work, things that really calm the fight, flight, or freeze that meets the autonomic nervous system, or what we call the the vagus nerve, which goes from the cortex of our brain to our our gut, it it calms us down in the moment. So we do have actually our future and our present in our control. Caregivers are terribly dysregulated by their feeling of shame, stigma, incompetence. I got to do better. And so they can do breath work. They can do yoga. They can sit in a very socially regulated place like a support group at Caregiver SOS and feel connected. So I think there's a lot of interventions that a caregiver can do. And certainly, yes, it's up to us, obviously, to bring them that array before they go truly down in the deep end. Well, and and so a lot of caregivers 
have not had the good fortune that we at Wellmet have had for the past year and a half of having Dr. Jamie lead us in that breath work. Um, used to be on, a, and we started out, it was on a daily basis, right? And you were telling us to breathe, then it was weekly, then it was every two weeks. And as someone who went through that, it may sound, it may sound hocus pocus or, or lightweight, but just that stopping and breathing really works. Well, it, it's so hocus pocus now that all police officers, firemen, emergency medical technicians are doing it because before they even go into the crisis situations. So we really do know it, it, it works if you work it. And I think it's important for us to, to make it available and it doesn't require a license or certification. And if you're not worth a minute and a half to, to regulate yourself by breath work, then what are you worth? How's that? That's right. And you can do it as you used to teach us um, throughout the day, right? It's not, doesn't have to be, it can be, the morning's a great way to start. And then throughout the day, as you think about it and you want to calm yourself back down until it be, just becomes second nature. Absolutely. And I want to leave you with this too, this lesson. This is the best medicine in life you could provide the person you're taking care of. Because by being on two feet, by calming your fight, flight, or freeze response, by being proactive instead of reactive, your loved one is going to feel safer with that chronic terminal acute illness. They're going to feel, as we talked about last week, psychologically safe to talk to you uh, in this terrible decompensation that they're feeling in their mind. If you have two feet on the ground doing this work, they're going to feel like they're in the right spot. So I would do that. I think it's the best medicine you could provide your loved one. You get to put the exclamation mark on take 10 again today. Dr. Jamie, thank you. Thank you, Carol Zerniel. I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you again next week on Take 10. 